Hey everyone, and welcome to the Americana Station podcast. It's your host, Will Payne Harrison. Thanks so much for tuning in. I want to start off by apologizing. I left all of my gear back here in Nashville uh, for the Thanksgiving holidays, and I spent a couple of weeks in Louisiana with my folks. Had to, you know, quarantine before I came back to Nashville, and uh, I left all of my equipment here in Nashville because I rushed out the door to get to my family. And uh, so I'm behind a couple of weeks, so I want to apologize to all my guests for uh, taking a minute to get these out. But today on the podcast, we have Josh King. Uh, He has a new record out called The Shed. It came out just a couple of weeks ago. Um, And I'm excited for you to hear about him. He's a North Carolina-based singer-songwriter, and uh, he's been doing it for years. Uh, This is his second solo record. And on top of that, he uh, spent years on the road with a band called House of Fools, which was an indie rock outfit on Drive Through Records. So you might recognize him from that. Uh, He toured with the uh, the likes of Jimmy Eat World and Steel Train. Um, So he's no noob to this industry. He's been doing it for years. He's incredible. And uh, we have a great uh, conversation over Zoom a few weeks ago. Um, What else is going on? It is new music out today. Uh, I asked on my Twitter who people have been listening to. Um, Bobby Moore, he said, Haley Witters and Scarlett Burke's Howdy Christmas. These are all ones that I'm going to have to check out myself. I haven't heard any of these yet. Uh, My friend Anna says... Uh, James from Texas, uh, which is James Steinel, uh, apparently has a new record out that sounds pretty good according to Anna. And Amber says uh, Dave Nail has a new EP out, and she says she's blown away by it. So I'll have to check out Dave Nail as well. Lots of good stuff. And Jay Potta, he says uh, Parker Ryan Music. Another one I haven't heard of. All of these are great. Uh, thanks for the feedback on these. These are some uh, people maybe you should check out as well. And uh, Jay Potter also said the new Ryan Adams record as well, though he hates to admit it. Uh, of course, Sturgill Simpson and Taylor Swift both dropped some records as well. So you've got your uh, listening in to do. Um, make sure you support these artists, buy some merch from them. Um, and of course, buy and listen to Josh King's new record, The Shed, which is out now. And he recorded it in a shed, actually. We'll talk about that and who was on the record. Um, But uh, I also want to mention some friends of mine, uh, Kyle Crownover and Seth Ferguson, just came out with their first episode of Keekers and Ferg podcast, um, where they talk about life on the road. They both uh, uh, have been on the road with Tyler Childers, and um, Kyle has been doing management for them and uh Seth has been doing merch. So they know what the hell is up on the road and they got some good stuff. Apparently they've been taking calls and getting crazy questions. Um I'm interested to hear the first episode. They just are launching it, so it's brand spanking new. So make sure you look up Keekers K-E-E-K-E-R-S and Ferg F-E-R-G uh podcast and uh listen to what they have to say. Um I got some more upcoming guests on the podcast. You may have heard me mention some of them. Van Plating, a friend of mine from Florida, who's been a friend of mine for a while, uh, is releasing new music and it's killer. She actually has a burn on a wire out now. So you can check that out. Um, we've got uh Graber grass who 
is just an awesome, Michael Graber is an awesome, talented, talented musician. I can't wait for you guys to hear that podcast, but he is just a killer person to talk to, too. He's just very intelligent. He's been uh, in the music industry for a long time and, and knows a lot about uh, that Memphis culture because he's been there for a while. It was a great podcast. I'm looking forward for you all to hear that. And of course, my dear friend, Eric Bolander, um, who has been on the podcast before and is making his triumphant return because he's got new music coming out. And I'm excited to talk to him. And uh, yeah, it's a great podcast. Uh, it's always good to catch up with Eric. He's just a killer dude, just super humble, super big heart, and just great musician all around. So lots of stuff to come. Uh, lots of editing for me to do. I got my work cut out for me uh, over these holidays. And uh, hopefully you enjoy hearing all these wonderful musicians as you're making your way uh, to wherever you're going with your mask on and your sanitizer in hand and no hugging and six feet away and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I think I got through almost all of it. Uh, Dan Whitaker is going to be coming up on the podcast next year. Um, he's a Chicago staple and he's got some new music coming out and, uh, yeah, that's what's been going on. I just wrote a new song with my friend Tabitha Meeks from Mona Lisa Tribe, and uh, we'll be recording that here in the next couple of months and releasing it sometime next year. It's a killer song. I'm excited to uh, have a collab with Mona Lisa Tribe, who have been here on the podcast. I'm also cutting my new record here in the next couple of months, so uh, it's going to be a long process because I'm doing it all myself, but hey, what else are you going to do in lockdown, right? So lots of cool stuff coming. I got a new record coming next year. Um, and I'll talk about that. And as uh, along with some um, where I'm going to be releasing some demo stuff, some extra videos, um, insider information on all that. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, planning to get to you guys and uh, any contributions to that will be helpful. As you know, this podcast is done free of charge with no ads. Um, so, uh, what helps me a lot is when you rate and review the podcast, it really gets it up in the, uh, stratosphere so more people can hear it so we can tell more people about it so we can get more people tuning in the more ears on it, the better. If you're not following it, uh, on your favorite streaming platform, click follow, uh, leave a, a nice review, give that five star rating, uh, help me get up on the board so more people can see it. That would be super helpful. Uh, And yeah, that's what we got going on this week. I can't wait for you to hear the rest of the podcasts coming up. And without further ado, let's talk about my buddy, Josh King. Josh King kicked off his solo career with 2018's Into the Blue, but North Carolina-based singer-songwriter is no newcomer. There's a man on TV telling me that I should stay inside. Years before packing Into the Blue with songs that mixed the breezy backwoods bounce of Americana with the hummable hooks of guitar pop, he cut his teeth as the leader of House of Fools, the indie rock outfit signed to drive through Records label. The shed began in his backyard in Greensboro, where King began gutting and refinishing a workshop left behind by the home's previous owner. 
When COVID-19 brought his live performing schedule to a halt in early 2020, the workshop became more than a home improvement project. King wrote each of the songs at home before reaching out to his countrywide network of musician friends for their own contributions. Some of the musicians, like Tommy Sifras from Aaron Lee Tajan's band, and Greg Herndon from the Nashville-based rock act True Villains had previously recorded with King. Others were friends that he met on the road. Together they created a record full of stacked harmonies, swirling keys, guitar, and pedal steel. Without further ado, here's Josh King. Hey everyone, today on the podcast we have Josh King. He has a new record coming out November 20th called The Shed. Uh, Josh, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. How's, uh, how's it going over there? You're in North Carolina? Yes. It is, uh, you know, it's probably probably the same as everywhere else, you know, as far as the pandemic goes. Yeah. Um, me and my family have been kind of just staying at home and you have to work every once in a while. You work when we can and do what we can to get by. But for the most part, it's the, I'm, I'm assuming it's the same everywhere else. Yeah, it's about it's about that way here in Nashville for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, what uh, this is your second uh, full length solo record? Uh, what made you decide to release one during the pandemic? Um, I started right before the pandemic hit. I, um, me and my wife, we bought a house about three years ago, and I've had this workshop in the backyard. That's that was a straight up workshop, you know. Um, um, so I gutted it out like a couple of months before. And I had this idea to just finish the room, kind of make it a man cave kind of thing, you know? And, uh, so I started doing that. And then I had the idea, I saw that these, uh, they're still making the 24 track digital task camps. And I I decided to buy one of those just, just to mess around with. And, I put it back here in the shed and kind of made it my little studio thing. So I started um, messing around. It was, it was, I've honestly never recorded myself. I've never, I've always had friends that had studios and nicer equipment than I've ever had and better at it than I am. And so I've always gone with them, but um, you know, just by chance I happened to set this thing up and then the pandemic hit and uh shit i didn't have anything else to do so <laughs> <laughs> that that's a very familiar tune yeah i the same thing happened to me uh i i looked at the Tascam uh digital recorder that you're talking about actually because it's a uh, also an audio interface too right yes yeah i looked at that one uh but i ended up uh doing some uh spending the money on some preamps and and kind of you know fudging with some mics that i had and stuff and uh did almost the exact same thing that's super cool and you actually uh, kind of just had everyone record uh, from their own place, right? Yeah. So I started off recording. The first song I recorded, I was um, recording during, I have a two-year-old. And um, my wife, she kept, she works at a psychiatrist's office. So she kept working through the stay-at-home order and all that stuff. So I would come in here and record, you know, just test stuff out um, during nap time. Um, and, uh, basically I started off, you know, like using a box for a kick drum, a tambourine and, you know, hitting something as a snare. And I was recording songs that way. I have 
playing bass guitar and doing a bunch of you know messing around having fun with harmony harmonies and stuff like that but i found out that my buddy jack who was in house of fools he played he played drums in house of fools he just recently moved out to nashville and he happened to do the kind of the same thing i was doing he right before everything happened he was setting up his basement to uh where he could track drums for you know other musicians and and um, play on their album send them out to them so he told me that and i was like well, well shit man that's uh i got a couple of songs let's just mess around and that's how it started you know and i have some uh, we uh kind of decided it sounded a little bit better than I thought it was going to. You know, it was definitely started off as just a little passion project, something to get to pass the time to keep our sanity a little bit, you know? Yeah. And, uh, started sounding pretty good. So I ended up hitting, I saw a bunch of my other friends were kind of doing the same thing from all over the place. So I took the opportunity to, uh, steal their talents because you know normally you have to get them in the same room with you but in this scenario it's just like i was able to you know kind of put them in my band for a little bit if you will <laughs> yeah so it was it cool to kind of like reunite with some of those guys from house of fools it was awesome um joel uh, joel played on it uh during the man on tv i had david sing on it along with a bunch of other people and joel played guitar on that song Tommy, who was in House of Fools and is out in Nashville too, he played guitar and bass on one song and Jack played drums on every single track. So there's only one member from House of Fools that wasn't on the the um, album. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so we, had, we had a good time. It was a, you know, some of the times we didn't even talk to each other on the phone. I would send him an email of the the skeleton, you know, and tell Jack what I was thinking and he would uh, send something back and then I'd send something to Tommy. I'd be like, I'm kind of going for this kind of vibe. Have at it, man. Do do whatever you want. And it was like kind of getting a Christmas present, you know. <laughs> you get, <laughs> I, get a, I get a track back and it, it was exciting to hear what they did, you know. Was it like a little bit easier to trust them since you had been in bands with them before and you kind of knew... Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the people I picked, everybody are uh, far, far, uh, way better than musicians than I am. So <laughs> I was excited to, to hear what they, what they heard whenever they heard my song, you know, what, um, what stuff they wanted to add to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it looks like just from some of the press uh, that you've been getting, you've been getting comparisons from everyone from Jackson Brown to Tom Petty to Taylor Goldsmith and Patterson hood, lots of like really cool comparisons. And I, I, I think that uh, you have your own unique sound definitely, but are, do, are any of those people influences or is that just kind of like, uh, I'm sure, um, you know, t Tom Petty is, I, I, I'm pretty sure he's influenced everybody. Uh, Jack, Jackson Brown, for sure. Um, I, I, everybody you named. Yeah, definitely. I listen to all of them. Um, I've never, I'm, you know, whenever I sit down to write a song, I've, besides Tom Petty, I've, I've definitely ripped Tom Petty off a thousand times. Um, but, I, you know, I normally don't sit down and try to write it sounding like something, you know, or something else. Um but I think it, I think it's just one of those things, a subconscious thing. You know, once you start going in one direction, it 
you know, the, the songs that you've listened to before kind of start creeping out of your subconscious, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. and maybe you just end up, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I've, I'm definitely a fan of all those people. Yeah. I get John Prine a lot and, um, I, I never try to write a song where I'm like, I wanted this to sound like John Prine. And people are like, yeah, that song sounds like John Prine. And you're like, uh, yeah. You know, that's, just, that's a, that's a, that's a kick-ass compliment. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a rite of passage to sound like Tom Petty. Everyone at some point in their career right. yeah. should have a song that sounds like Tom Petty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just go for it. <laughs> were these songs that you like had already in the can or were these songs that you wrote uh, during the pandemic? The first one on the, the first one on the album was written about, I wrote it a few days into the stay at home order and it was kind of a, it's kind of a, it's a dark, kind of joking. I was kind of joking in the song, you know, like at the time I didn't realize how crazy everything it was going to be. You know, at the first week you're staying at home, you're like, well, okay, we'll be back to work playing gigs and doing whatever next month, you know, and everybody's freaking out and it's, you know, whatever. Um, that one I wrote, of course, then, and there was a couple, there's, I had one, two of the songs on the album I wrote uh, maybe a few months before everything hit, but everything else was written here. That's awesome. Uh, I've, a lot of people I've talked to have had trouble writing uh, in recent months. It's good to know that you were able to produce some stuff in this crazy time. Yeah. I just kind of, I kind of feel like it was the only thing that, could like it made me feel it made me feel a little bit normal you know during this I, I went from I play in a, a full-time wedding and party band and doing the original shows <clears throat> it's pretty busy before everything happened and I went from that to a straight-up stay-at-home dad which I, I love I love doing it of course you know but I wasn't ready <laughs> yeah <laughs> I wasn't ready for that so it was the only thing that kept me normal, kept me feeling normal. Were you doing um, a lot of touring with your solo stuff before the pandemic? No, well, I mean, it was, I was playing a lot around town um, and mainly, mainly writing and, and trying to, you know, write a new record. Um, a lot of this stuff got scrapped once, once this happened, I guess. I don't, I don't really know how I, I felt. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever written something that, you know, it's not you like it, but you get a new flow of uh, songs coming through you and you kind of just rather release those, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's so kind of had some back burner songs. Yeah. And so I just kind of let those go. Maybe they'll come back later. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, yeah, I released an EP during this pandemic and it, it was, it just made sense for them to all kind of have that similar vibe and mm -hmm. songs came from, there were a lot of the songs came from like, uh, they were just throwaways or like songs that didn't fit on other albums. And I just made an EP out of them. So oh, cool. It, that definitely makes sense to me. Cause like when something kind of sounds like it belongs together, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to get, I'm looking forward to getting back into a, a real studio, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
and then watching watching the drummer play the drums to the songs and stuff like that i think uh some of those songs kind of called for for a real producer i'm not i'm not a real producer or engineer you know i'm just trying to make work with, with make things work with what i got well they could have fooled me the songs that i heard sounded fully produced so well thank you so much man i appreciate that yeah um how do you typically write a song? Are you the kind of person that writes just like uh, whenever the muse hits you or do you typically like sit down and work it out, you know, on a day-to-day basis? I have rarely done that. I rarely um, be like, okay, I'm going to write a song now. I've done it, you know, I've done it a few few times for sure, but most of the time it's, uh, I'll get a melody stuck in my head. And that's what I was kind of talking about earlier. Probably, probably ripping somebody off. <laughs> yeah. A melody just, I, it's hard for me to believe that I just came up with this melody without trying, you know, but it came from somewhere. And then I normally uh, pick up a guitar and, you know, try to write it into a chorus or a verse or something like that. And I go from there and I, I normally write the lyrics last. I, yeah, I think that I, I'm a similar way. Um, but uh, to me, the lyrics are the most important thing, but I never just like write a bunch of lyrics and then try to make a melody. Like right. I don't, I've never worked that way. I wish I could. I was listening to, I was actually speaking to Taylor Goldsmith. I was like, yeah, he has to do it that way. Yeah. There's no, there's no way that mug <laughs> comes out with those melodies and fits all those words into it. It's a, it's a definitely, definitely an amazing thing that he does. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely very wordy and specific. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, are there good studios in uh, North? Are you in Greensboro? Are you? I'm in Greensboro. Yeah, Greensboro. Yeah. Are there some good studios that you're looking to get into for the next thing that you're doing? Or well, I don't. I'm not sure. I was actually talking to my buddy um, out there in Nashville. Um, he's recording some of his stuff out there, and he has. He says at a pretty kick-ass studio. I couldn't tell you what the name of it is, but we're kind of talking about him producing the next record once this is all done. So, um, but as far as Greensboro, there are some good spots. I haven't, I haven't gone, I haven't recorded it in any of them. I've recorded all of my stuff <clears throat> either with in house fools. We did it at home, it was yeah. a home, home recordings. And well, the first album was out in LA and then into the blue, the last, my first solo album I did in Wilmington at with a uh, dynamic soundworks, um, which is a good, a good friend of mine. He, he had a studio out there in Wilmington. So we did everything there. If it doesn't work out in Nashville, I'll probably go back with him. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nashville is a great place to record. Even like home studios are just ridiculous here. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. So with the, whole press thing for the shed um how how is that working out for you you know having to probably do a lot of stuff like this remote zoom type things is it weird different yeah it's it's definitely (laughs) it's not it's not necessarily my thing (laughs) yeah um you know it is it's weird for me sure but i appreciate it yeah yeah are you doing like a, a live stream release or anything of that sort? Yeah, uh, there's a there's a place around here. There's a venue around here. I'm ta- I'm th- talking to them about doing the whole 
the whole album and then um but doing post-production and making it kind of like a dvd or not a dvd sorry but something that they could put up so people can watch the whole album live if that makes sense i i would rather um eat a bag of sand and do live streams honestly it freaks, me, it freaks me out big time i'm right there with you I've, I've been saying this like if you go back and listen to my, any of my podcasts i'm like i hate it i hate it so much yeah <laughs> but uh, i got approached to do one that was like pre-recorded i'm fine with that like pre-recorded yeah yeah uh, the thought of the thought of um even if it's a room full of people you know uh on 30 people listening to you when you can't see them live makes me feel weird i don't i don't know i don't, I don't even i don't want to do it <laughs> i'm i'm right there with you there's i mean it's it's just i need that energy and that like live feel and just singing to my computer screen yeah it feels defeating defeated yeah I can't do it. I mean, I, and I, I understand a lot of people um, had to, had to do it to, you know, make some money and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm not hating on it. It's just not for me. Yeah. I totally understand that. Um, so you had, you kind of started in an indie rock thing and then you've kind of switched over to more acoustic Americana. Were you always like in the roots realm uh, or is that something you've kind of ventured into? Sure. I, um, in House of Fools, I wrote everything I wrote was either on piano or acoustic. Uh, our House of Fools whole whole thing was the idea was we had two killer guitar players, a great piano uh, keyboard player, and great drummer, great bass player. You know, so I always liked writing what would be if you listen to Into the Blue or The Shed. What would it if I had of done it like I've been like I've done these two albums it probably would end up sounding about the same but we um get to these guys and I would always say all right here it is you guys fuck it up you know let's do it what are you, let's let's go let's go crazy with it you know um and that we did that with every single song we kind of went took took the song and went the other direction with what you automatically felt like doing you know and that's how, that's that was House of Fools, like in a nutshell. Yeah, if well, that makes any sense at all. I that <laughs> no, it, no, it does. It totally makes sense. I, I, um, I back in like two thousand, early like two thousand five, two thousand eight. I was in a kind of an indie rock band, and anytime I contributed to the songs, it was always like a folk song that ended up being like this kind of. We had two guitar players that were just like insane, like solo you know could, yeah yeah this sounds exactly like what house fools you know it's like let's take this folk song and do a you know a big harmony solo on it <laughs> right yeah exactly <laughs> which was always kind of always kind of funny but it kind of ended up working for us yeah yeah exactly yeah that was kind of the thing that we were doing too and then i think later on i just realized that like oh i i've always been kind of a folk type singer songwriter mm -hmm. it's just that i was in like indie like loud bands that were playing you know small yeah. clubs you get into a room you know playing small clubs that probably didn't sound that great you know you, you tend to just play everything loud whenever you do that <laughs> i know it's weird like playing now mostly acoustic where you're like oh my god i don't have to scream the lyrics <laughs> yeah you have to relearn how to sing and play guitar sometimes you know yeah 
Yeah, for sure. So, uh, are there any plans of doing any live performances at all? Or I don't know. I I would like for I definitely want to get back to it, and I think when everything's safe and I can feel confident um, bringing people together without having to worry about them leaving with with COVID-19, um, I'll play a show. And until then, I just don't, I, I, I can't consciously do it. Um, I, it, would just, it would just kill me if I decided to have a show and was like, hey, you know, promote it for you. everybody come to this. And then someone were to get sick, I, I, I wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. I know that um, it took me, because I had, a month long tour booked and uh, it took me some time to accept that it was no longer going to be. And then once I like kind of accepted it and realized like, Oh, this could, people could actually get sick if they were coming out. then I was just like, okay, 2020 is out the window. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird because like we were touching on earlier with the stream thing, it's just not the same and it's not something that I really want to do a lot of. Yeah. So like, how do you get that? live show feeling like that you need to fulfill <laughs> I, I, man i wish i knew i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> um i guess you can, if you have surround sound go watch a kick-ass live dvd <laughs> close your eyes i don't <laughs> there's a i just don't know man i i hopefully i mean i know there's some bands out there doing it and i'm I, immediately after I said that, I regretted saying that. I don't, I'm not trying to throw shade on anybody that is out there playing. It's just for me. This is just what I'm. I'm. I'm choosing to do it that way. Well, you know, um, there are. I, I think that there are situations where things are socially distanced and like really well thought out. That um, it makes sense, but um, there's sure. also. Um, I don't have a problem throwing shade. You know, there are people <laughs> okay, down good. here on Broadway that are acting like nothing's happening. Right. Um, and that nothing ever happened. And those are the people that are, you know, these are people that are coming from all over the place and coming down to Broadway. And then it's just a nice big, you know, crossroads of spreading the virus. Yeah. And then we're not, we're not able to really contact trace people who are coming from Utah yeah, uh, that got this guitar player sick and now he's in the hospital. You know, it's just, it's right. not always smart. And uh, I don't have a problem saying that. <laughs> so most of, most of the bars are open. I, see, I, didn't, I don't know much about it. Most of the bars are open there. Yeah. Uh, so our governor decided not to uh, enforce any more mandates initially. Uh, so for about a week, it was like full capacity and then i think he was like oh no no it is it's still yeah everything's full capacity now but then he, that's crazy he s allowed the mask mandate to go through december or something like that right um, but yeah it, at one point we were uh opened up at like stage three or whatever and then we had to go yeah. back because it got really bad and then it got to like 2.5 and then three and then <laughs> It, yeah, it's just been back and forth. Um, right. But it's, it's yeah, hard. There's one thing I had to do during this whole thing. Was I, I really had to stop um, 
and it's kind of selfish, but stop paying, watching the news. I had to stop paying attention to everything else because it was kind of starting to drive me a little bit crazy, especially seeing stuff like that, especially seeing, you know, like you were just talking about people coming from all over the place, acting like there's nothing really going on and uh, keeping us at home. Uh, yeah. Started, started really to get me. Yeah. It's weird. But the, the, I think there were seven instances of like COVID uh, downtown bars. And so a lot of people were using that for why they should open up completely. But then the uh, mayor's office here was like, well, that's because those are people that are here in Tennessee that were treated here in Tennessee. Uh Um, But Broadway is such a tourist location. People are swapping it and then going home to wherever, wherever they are. And then they're getting, um, tested where they're at and then that's where they're being marked for. So it's, you, you got to think beyond your scope, you know, it's not just um, in a situation like that. It's not just the locals that we're worried about. We're also worried about the people that are coming in and swapping it with each other and then taking it home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The news is uh, hard to watch these days, but it's getting a little bit better. So that's always good. Yeah. We got, we got some stuff going for us. <laughs> um the intro and outro of the record are your grandfather yeah yeah um my grandmother he my grandfather died back uh early 90s i can't remember exactly when it was but he was a piano player um singer tap dancer pretty awesome dude. Um, my grandmother died in 2016 and when they were going, my mom and everybody was going through their stuff, they found that tape and it was basically, they don't, nobody knows. We've given it to, I have a big family of, uh, all, all my mom's sisters and her brother and everybody, they big and big into gospel and get together and sing together a whole lot. Um, none of them knew what's what the song was. Um, so I just wanted, of course, it was a big influence. That was a big influence on me being, being around them all the time, hearing them sing and watching them pick out harmonies and talk about it and, you know, sing together. So I really wanted to include him in on the album. I was was like, since I'm, since I'm, uh, everything is getting flown in. If, if you will, I'll, I'll float, I'll, I'll fly Papa in, you know, and yeah. put him in there. So as a, as one, it's one track and I cut it up. Uh, there's a part in the tape where I, it sounds, it gets really funky and um, I mu- it must've been warped or whatever. So I, I cut it off right there to go into the first song. And then it kind of picks back up at the end of the album where the warpy stuff goes away and finishes it out. Is uh, your whole family musical? Like, are your parents and yeah, siblings? Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. And Big time. Um, uh, my dad's side of the family, uh, it was the same thing, you know. I, that's kind of where I learned, learned how to sing. We'd sit around the piano. My other grandmother, she was a piano teacher. And we'd get everybody together. And when I was a kid, and, uh, sing Christmas songs. During Christmas, we'd go down to Alabama for Christmas. And we'd sit around the piano and sing that. But they would pick out, you know, they would assign us harmonies. And if you messed it up, they'd stop the song. 
<laughs> and we'd start over and it, maybe there's a couple of tapes of that, but it's definitely not anything anybody wants to hear at any, any point in time. <laughs> <laughs> Is anyone else in your family a songwriter? No, I don't think so. I'm not in my immediate family. I have some songwriters, I have some cousins that um, have had some pretty cool bands back in the day and put out some solo albums and stuff like that, but not very many. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, no one in my family is, is musical. I don't know where it came from, but I, I love hearing when like it came, you know, it came from some place and it seems a lot of times it does come from that like gospel sort of mm -hmm. background, especially with the older generation. Yeah. Yeah. That was, a, that was definitely a big thing. I, w I wouldn't be able to tell you anything about gospel, uh, but I remember it, you know, I remember being around it all the time. I remember, you know, being curious about singing at that yeah. point, you know, not so much songwriting, but singing, like learning how to do it. When did you start like singing? Like you're like, I want to be the lead singer in a band. Was that? Mm, I, you know, I started skateboarding in middle school and along with that came punk rock and then I wanted to, I wanted to, I picked up a bass guitar and I wanted to play bass because my best friend played guitar. <clears throat> so I was just kind of, you know, trying to put something together. Like, oh, I guess I'll, I'll play bass. And, but anyways, we, we started a little, a little punk band and had a singer who ended up leaving. We like wrote all these songs and he ended up leaving right before we did this benefit, our first show, which was a, a benefit show. And uh, I had to sing. I ended up having to take his place and sing just so we could play the gig. And we kind of kept playing that, playing in that band for a while. And I was, I became the singer. And after that, I just um, kind of just bounced around. Every time something would fall apart, it seemed like it picked up somewhere else. And it just, it was almost like um, there wasn't much effort on my part to keep it rolling. It just continue to work out you know yeah i'd be a band that i could jump in and write for and sing for and then then house of fools started and that you know that was about we're a band for i guess you know 12 13 years or something like that wow that's awesome uh do you is there like a theme to the shed do you have like a overall theme for the record um no not really you know i no i don't think so i mean that my main thing that i wanted everybody to know because i did just write the songs you know and i did send these songs and say hey guys um uh, mason from job mother mary who's here they're from uh, uh graham over here like dude, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I want you to feel free to do whatever you want. You know, this is your project too. I kind of wanted it to be more of a collaboration and I want everybody to be recognized for what they did because I didn't sit here with a, you know, a switch and tell people what to do. <laughs> yeah. So that, I think more than anything, I would, I'd like on the, on the cover, I'm, I'm putting everybody's names. I want, you know, I want everybody to be recognized for, for their parts instead of, it's hard for me to even call it like a solo album, you know, cause it's without these other guys, I couldn't have, 
<laughs> it would have, it definitely wouldn't have happened. Yeah. It's hard when you come from like a band world to, to, yeah, not yeah. see it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's strange. Cause in Nashville, you know, you hire people and they don't, at the end of the day, they just like, they're just doing that thing and then they're done. They're, they have no investment uh, necessarily. Um, yeah. And on my last record, um, I hired a band from, I'm from Louisiana and uh, I hired a band for the record and it was, it's such a good feeling to have like a unit that works together, knows each other, knows how to play off of each other and are an actual band, you know, it's, yeah. it's so different. Absolutely. I can't wait to get together with some guys and I mean, hell, if, even if we just pack ourselves in this nine by nine room and turn it up and play, <laughs> yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Just writing with people is a total different beast, man. It's, uh, you go through all the emotions, all the, you know, I'm sh you know, all about it, but rather than sitting here, when you sit by yourself and write something, it's, there's no, I guess the only, the only battle is with yourself, you know, whether you write with a bunch of people, I'm not saying you sit there and battle with them, but there's a lot of, a lot of different ideas flowing. And to when, when you lock in on one idea or lock in on a bunch of ideas and turn it into one thing, it's a, it's a really, really powerful feeling the first time you hear it, you know, the, the first big bridge or whatever that you just came up with and looking at everybody in the same room. It's a, that's an amazing feeling. Having, yeah, having five or six guys all just kind of hone into like that one, you're on the same page. It's, uh -huh. Yeah. It's such a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Awesome, Josh. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, this record is great. I can't wait until it comes out. Uh, it's just, shoot, almost a week away. Yeah, it is. Thank you so much for having me on here. i happy to have you on and uh, look forward to talking to you again in the future. All right. Sounds good, buddy. Thanks for tuning in today on Americana Station Podcast. Uh, I forgot to mention, if you go to Americana Highway's Backroads playlist on Spotify right now, there is a Christmas playlist of Americana artists, uh, or a holiday playlist, I should say. So make sure you check that out. Uh, it's a lot of great music on there. And yeah until next week uh, we'll be back with Graber Grass Michael Graber from Graber Grass uh, so stay tuned and uh, share the love of Americana Station Podcast we'll see you next time all is lost so put it all behind when it's said and done we had our fun so if you think you got a chance don't hold your breath Cause there's no road ahead There's no road ahead We'll all be dead We have to pay the cost All is lost So put it all behind ya When it's said and done We had our fun So if you think you got a chance Don't hold your breath Cause there's no road ahead there's no road ahead Don't hold your breath Cause there's no
there's no road ahead.